Welcome to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At Keep Playing Baseball, we don't think money should dictate college baseball opportunity, and all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast. I'm joined today by Eric Del Prado, who is our intern. We're going to talk about D3 baseball today. And, you know, D3 baseball is something that's uh, often forgotten by recruits. It has the most participants in the NCAA levels, uh, more than Division One, more than Division II. Um, but a lot of times players don't consider D3 as an option, possibly because there's no scholarships. We're going to talk about all that stuff, but basically what we want to do is, you know, I was a Division Three product, Eric was a Division Three product, and we just want to talk about D3 baseball, uh, tell some stories, have a good time, but also give you guys some good information. So, um, Eric, man, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about your story, um, where you're from, and then how you ended up at a D3 program and, and what that was like. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, Ethan. Uh, it's been a pleasure so far interning, so looking forward to the podcast. I'm from the Los Angeles area. I grew up in uh, El Segundo, California, and I went to Loyola High School, which is in Los Angeles, and also has a fellow podcast alum, John Sauteropoulos, was a couple years older than me there. So but, do you. Yeah, definitely a, a living legend himself. <laughs> but, you know, I was it was a big high school and, you know, Division One Southern California sports. So it was pretty, pretty big time sports. And there was a lot of talented baseball players in the program when I was there and, and still are. So a lot of my classmates were, you know, were big time Pac-12 players and committed, you know, super early. And, you know, when you're hanging out with those guys all the time, you're not really sure where you fit in. And you're like, I hang I play with them all the time. Like, you know, what kind of is my level? So I was—I knew I wanted to play college baseball, but I wasn't really sure what level I would fit in at. And kind of going into my senior year, I went to the Stanford camp, and you know I kind of started to get some interest from some D3 schools there. So I figured, all right, if those are the schools that are interested in me, those are probably the level that I would probably best fit at. Right. So you know, kind of wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do. Didn't wasn't really sure where I wanted to go. Um, but you know, I was just kind of sitting at home one day and my mom was scrolling through like the Princeton review and was like, why don't you apply to Willamette university in Salem? So I listened to my mom, which is, uh, I think, a uh, something we can all take from always listen to your parents. Mom is and, the best, uh, right? They, she's never wrong. And then, uh, so I applied, emailed the coach and got a phone call that night. Um, ended up visiting, obviously enjoyed my visit and, 
enjoyed my experience there and now I'm coaching at the division three level so definitely a level that I'm grateful that I was able to play at and and still be a part of awesome man yeah so uh, I hear you're a, a d3 legend yourself Ethan uh, I don't know so. if I'd go go as far as to say legend but I definitely played some d3 ball in my day and um, actually my story is pretty similar to yours you know I, I grew up in California as well Davis um, I was a, a good high school baseball player but um, in terms of having a standout skill, I'm not sure, you know, I was, I was above average at a lot of things, but, um, you know, I didn't throw 90, I, I didn't have physical presence, but, you know, I, I just thought I was going to play division one baseball. Um, and mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't really think about any other options that were out there. Um, you know, the, the, the big programs in California that you hear about all the time, you know, I figured, I would end up playing at one of those, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do a great job of doing my research about what was out there. I did apply to programs on the, on the East coast as well. I had a brother who um, lived in Boston. And so I applied to some schools out in Massachusetts, but the only D three program I applied to was Carleton college. And like you, it was, um, it was because of my mom. So I was, it was the first year of the common application so for those of you that aren't familiar with that, uh, that's an application that you can send to multiple schools. And so my application was done. I had my school set. I was just scrolling through to see if there were any schools I missed. And my mom, who didn't actually have a lot to do with any of my recruitment or my college search, she was looking over my shoulder and she said, hey, uh, Carlton's a good program. And so I, I clicked on it. And, um, it was free to apply. And I looked at the test scores and I thought I'm never going to get in, but I might as well appease my mom. And so I applied, I got in, um, much like you, I went on a visit and I, I said, you know what, these are a bunch of really good dudes. Um, the baseball program actually got no hit when I visited. Ooh. Um, they needed you in there then they needed me, man. Um, (laughs) so I, you know, I wasn't dead set on it. Um, I had a recruited walk-on opportunity at UC Santa Barbara, and um, that's kind of where I thought I was going to go. And my mom basically mm-hmm. said, you know, if you want us to help pay for school, uh, you're going to go to Carleton and give it a shot. And so she put the screws on me. I wasn't very happy at the time. Um, but then I, I ended up loving my D3 experience. So, um, you know, it, it was it was actually – a fortuitous event for me. I was really lucky that I found a school that really fit what I needed. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time here, you know, put together a plan and look for a school that fits what you want. And I happen to just fall into that luckily, but hopefully people out there can learn from, from what we talk about and, uh, and be able to put together a plan to find that. But, um, uh, how about this, man? Why don't you give us your best sales pitch for D3 baseball? Because I think, you know, people are probably out there listening to our stories and they're like, okay, but yeah, why should I, why should I go for, for D3 baseball? So why do you mm-hmm. think players should consider D3 baseball? Um, first off, kind of what you said about yourself, I think kind of explains a lot of Division three baseball players. I think, you know, there's a lot, there's obviously a lot of really good players playing Division three baseball. And I think, you know, a lot of them do a lot of things really well, but they don't necessarily have that one tool that they're stand out at that really kind of led those bigger schools to be on them. 
But I think I think Division Three because there's first of all, like I said, there's a ton of good players out there. Like in my four years, going on five years in the Northwest Conference, which is the conference that I coach in now and played in, there's been a, a person that's signed to play professional baseball out of it every single year. So I think I think there's an opportunity to do that if you're if you're good enough and if you continue to work hard at it. And then I also just think too that a lot of personal development comes with the Division Three game. Um, so you know we're allowed 16 practices in the fall. And so that usually ends in October for us in the Pacific Northwest, just to get in when the weather. And then you're kind of on your own for three months. So if you, I think it really helped me grow as a person and kind of set a plan and know what I need to do in order to become the best player that I could become. So I think that's also a good life school you could take from that. Definitely, man. It's so when we talk about D3 baseball, you know, in general, we're talking about smaller schools, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking yeah. about schools with an academic focus and a lot of them, our liberal arts education, which encourages you to take classes in, you know, a variety of different subjects. Um, and so you're a, a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong with your experience, but for me, you know, our coach, our, my baseball coach encouraged us to do other things. You know, he encouraged us to pursue our other interests. He encouraged us to commit to our studies Um you know, I know at a lot of Division One schools, you know, you're limited in what majors you can take because of because of games and because of practice and because, you know, it really is run like a business at that level, right? But at the Division mm-hmm. Three level, you know, we never missed classes for practices. We were never told we couldn't take classes because of conflicts. Uh, you know, so it was really looking at your education and your growth holistically – and and how it's going to prepare you best for for life is that pretty similar to what you experienced yeah definitely I think I'd agree 100% and you know just kind of using my own story like I was able I worked in the gym like you know in the fitness center to make a little extra money and I was able to you know write and edit for the school newspaper just to kind of make some spending money on the side that I think the d3d schedule kind of allows you to do but also at the same tone you know I was serious about baseball and a lot of people at the d3 level are serious about baseball and like baseball is kind of why they're at the school if that makes sense like they want to become the best they can but they're also allowed the freedom to do some other things so i think that's a great point yeah and and i'm with you man i so i had a radio show with uh with some of my teammates i studied abroad in barcelona for a semester um during the fall of my senior year um was involved in a lot of things other than baseball but then again you know I would still consider baseball and school to be priorities 1A and 1B for me. Um, So to your point, you know, there's a lot of good baseball out there um, at all levels. And, you know, you mentioned that in your conference, there are players drafted or signed to play professionally every year. And the same was true with us. In fact, um, you know, we had a program in our conference St. Thomas University in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's a really good program. They won the national championship my senior year, I believe it was. And, um, you know, they would play University of Minnesota every year and they would beat them sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. they're beating a, a Big Ten program. So, really good caliber of players, really good baseball. Um, but because of some of those practice limitations that you talk about, um, you know, you have you have some options to do some other things. So, yeah, I think that's the, you know, 
the good thing about baseball too, in that, you know, if you were to put a division three basketball program up against a division one baseball program, I just think because of some of the athleticism and size, like there'd be probably no competition, but you know, baseball is a different game in that, you know, it's just a different game. There's nine people on the field and not one person can really dominate it. So it kind of allows for more parity throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of the difference, you know, we had players on our team who definitely could have played division one baseball. Uh, we certainly didn't have the depth. And so, you know, I, I think players should really consider D three as an option um, regardless of how good they are and, and just focus on finding a school that fits what they want. Right. So, you know, if you mm-hmm. want that big time power five experience, then, you know, clearly a D three program is probably not going to give that to you, but there are some programs that can give you something close to that. Yeah, on, definitely. on a smaller scale. Um, now we're hyping up D3 pretty good here. What are some of the drawbacks? You know, what, what do you see as some of the things that maybe you didn't like as much or you wish were better? Um, yeah, that's obviously a tough question because uh, like we've said, I really enjoyed my division three experience. I'd say the one drawback would kind of the stigma of it, you know, not being serious or like, it not being a big deal around campus, I think would be the one drawback because, you know, obviously the every player that's at Division Three baseball loves playing baseball and it's, you know, serious to them and maybe not as big time as, like you said, those Power Five schools, but there's definitely, you know, a lot of players that care a lot about it and work just as hard. Sometimes it just comes down to a talent thing or, like you said, a, a fit thing. So I think that would be my one kind of qualm with it. Yeah, for me... I think a lot of the things that I looked at as drawbacks at the time that I was there, I kind of remember fondly now. So stuff like, you know, you're, you have a more limited budget, so you don't have the nicest equipment. You don't have, you know, you're doing your own field work. I remember building our mound. I remember, um, you know, doing a bunch of stuff um, that guys at other programs might not have to do. Uh, but, at the same time, I now I look back at that and I kind of laugh, you know, like I laugh, yeah. I laugh. I'm like, it was it was pretty awesome how hard we worked um, with yeah. with limited resources, you know. So I definitely think you find out kind of who the people that really love baseball are, you know, the quote unquote grinders are, like right? Because we don't have the facilities, and you know, there's some people that may just want to be playing college baseball to say they play college baseball and just kind of get all the fluff around it. And then I don't think, you know, they last very long at schools where you kind of got to, you know, do all that stuff and your facilities aren't the greatest. But I think the people that actually that love baseball and like really love playing baseball, they find a way to get it done regardless. Definitely, man. It, it really is what you make of it. And, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like I, I look at my wedding and there's a picture of me and like 10 of my teammates. And if I, if I need anything in the world, you know, those are the guys that I'm going to call. And they're all doing exciting stuff. Um, they're like brothers to me. And I think that kind of, that really makes up for a lot of the, the shortcomings because you, you know, it's, it's, it's just like baseball anywhere, you know, it is what you make of it. And if you're close with your teammates, you're going to have a great time. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to have stuff that translates to, uh, to things off the field, you know, and, and I look at, my college baseball experience and, and what I learned from that and the stuff that I'm doing professionally today. And, 
Um, you know, especially, especially for you as a coach and, and I was a college coach for five years too, you know, you really make a lot of use of the skills that you learn. Um, let's, uh, let's switch lanes a little bit. Let's, let's talk about a day in the life, man. I know you read an article on our website that people should check out about, you know, a day in the life of the D3 baseball player, but what did a typical day look like for you? Um, so I like to get my classes done earlier in the day, kind of to make sure, you know, I had time before practice. So I'd probably say, say on like a, you know, Monday or like a Wednesday or Friday, you know, I have classes from nine to 12. So the three hours of classes, get your three classes done. And then, you know, go to lunch with my teammates, get a quick lift in before practice and then get to practice about 45 minutes to an hour early to, to hit and hit with, you know, the guys that, like you said, are, ended up being my best friends and then go to practice um after practice come home eat some dinner shower and then crank out some homework for the rest of the night until whenever i was i was done with it and kind of wake up and do the same thing the next day yeah and how about on a game day how did things change on a game day so um in our conference which i'm sure is pretty similar with all division three schools we played a double header on saturday and one game on sunday mm-hmm <clears throat> And so the doubleheader on Saturday started about started about 11. And so, you know, if you're the home team, you're there. You're at the field probably around 8, 8.30. Um, whether, whatever field work you need to be do, whether it's pulling the tarp or stuff like that, get that done. Then obviously pregame batting practice, play one game, get about a 30-minute break, start the second game, and then you're out of there usually around 5.36. Kind of same thing, go home. If parents are in town, go to dinner with them or roommates or teammates' parents and then try and get some homework done and then wake up the next morning and do the same thing on Sunday with just one game and homework on Sunday night after after the series is over. Yeah, and did you have a favorite part of the day? Like, did like I know for me, you know, it was lunch. Like, no matter what happened, everyone at our school, small school, campus-oriented school – you know, you go to the cafeteria, the food is actually pretty good. And for me, that was like the the moment to reset. You know, you had classes in the morning, you go to lunch, you might have a class in the afternoon, but it's a way to catch your breath. And I remember, you know, every day I'd be eating with, you know, a hand, at least a handful of teammates or, or friends. Do you have anything like that? I'd say lunch or obviously the kind of same reasons we're with teammates, you know, we're hanging out in the cafeteria having a good time or i'd say i'd say hitting in the cages before practice um you know we got into a pretty good routine where as a group of us that would all you know we kind of knew what we needed to do we'd get it done and you know just us for like 45 minutes to an hour before practice kind of all alone doing our thing and i think that was probably my my favorite part of the day yeah yeah do you have a favorite memory Let's let's start with on field memory. What's your what's your favorite on field memory from your college baseball experience? We won the conference tournament my senior year and got to play in a regional. So I think that would be by far my my favorite on the field memory. It's just, you know, winning a conference tournament is kind of what you kind of what you work towards all year and getting able to play in an NCAA regional is kind of what what our goal was and we were able to accomplish that and just you know the feeling of elation i would guess yeah accomplishing your goals and knowing you kind of your process was correct and got you and got you what you wanted i would say would be my favorite on the field memory pretty sweet what about you? I'm, sure, I'm sure you got some good ones 
Yeah, so my senior year, so I walked into a program, like I said, when I went on my on my visit, um, they got no hit. And I think they won just a handful of games that year. And so for me, my whole college experience was on the baseball side was about taking a program that was a perennial loser and trying to make it a winner. And luckily I was able to accomplish that. So my senior year, um, we did kind of, we had kind of an improbable run where, you know, we were expected to finish at the bottom and we didn't make a regional, but we made our conference tournament, which for, for our program was a big deal. And, um, we had kind of an improbable run at the end where the odds were stacked against us. And, um, even down to our last game, I remember, you know, we need, it was a must win game. We had a double header. I pitched the first game. I think we won that game five to four. And then the second game we needed to win again, we were on the road. It was the top, top of the ninth. And, um, my roommate hit a fly ball to center field that would have ended the game and and we would have gone home and <laughs> it was almost like uh, uh angels in the outfield where the ball was <laughs> the ball was like moved you know it was like the guy was under it and then all of a sudden he wasn't and the ball fell and we ended up winning and um and made our tournament which you know like I said going from a program that won I think it was like 7 games the year before I got there and just slowly building the program up so that it could be considered a contender. That was, you know, dogpiling on the, on the field to go to the conference tournament after that last game was, was my highlight. So how, how about off the field, man? Do you have any, any shenanigans, any, any fun experiences, um, with your baseball teammates that you look upon fondly? Um, it's gonna sound cliche, but I'd say you know just the bus rides; those are always a good time. And you know we had a good we had a good group of guys, and just hanging out in the bus for however long those bus trips were, I think were always the highlight of my week. Or knowing that we were going on a little road trip and that we'd have a couple hours back there, just kind of do our own thing. So not one I think that comes off the top of my head that I can think of, but I think just overall that experience would be it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I remember. So again, some of the things that you kind of groan about or aren't don't particularly like um, when you're going through them. But we used to take a bus from Minnesota to South Florida, Central Florida. So so that's like a 24 hour bus ride, man. And um, I actually really like that. You know, it was like you go all winter, you're practicing inside, and then you get to go down in Florida and play baseball on an actual baseball field. And yeah, you're cooped up for 24 hours. Yeah, we might only stop once. Um, one stop. Once, yeah, one stop. And uh, you know, we were powering through, and and just kind of like, you know, that was that was it. You know, at the end, if you can get through this trip uh, without killing your teammates, <laughs> um, you know, the the best part of the year is waiting for you. So that stuff like that, and then we would get to Florida and do some stupid stuff like look for alligators and that type of type of thing but just uh just stuff that you think back and you're like man how do we do that but also it was pretty awesome to have the opportunity to be able to do that so yeah how about um 
How about just summarizing, man? What do you think the D3 experience means to you? Good question. Good question. I think it means, like we have talked about, you get a well-rounded experience and you can kind of take out of it as much you put into it. So I think, I think if you work really hard in all the aspects that you need to work hard on, you can have an overall great experience. And I think you learn a lot about yourself because a lot of the time there's not anyone there to push you and you kind of need to do it on your own. And I just think that you kind of get a, you get that aspect athletically and you also get that kind of on the other side of things that you can be in as involved in as many things on campus as you really want to be as well as, you know, they're most, there are a lot of smaller schools that are division three. So you kind of get a unique community feel on the campus that I don't really think you can get anywhere else while also playing college sport. Did you live on campus for your entire time? In, in... No, we lived, uh, you have to live on campus for two years, and then we had a house that had, there's four teammates in the house, so we kind of had, we had a good setup, I think, and that was also some good times that we had, definitely just, you know, sitting around the, the table after after practice, after doing homework, and just, just talking, I think, would be, would definitely be some of my fondest memories. Yeah, so for us... At Carleton, a lot of people did live on campus all four years. You did have the option of going off campus as a an upperclassman, but the way that the dorms were set up, so you had kind of like freshman dorms, and then you know sophomore, junior dorms, and then senior suites. So the dorms got nicer and nicer each year, and a lot of people did live on campus. Like I said, there were also houses on campus, like townhouses and and various things, and there was a a lottery where you'd get a housing number and there was like a housing draft each year. And, and you um, can kind of finagle your way in there by getting the older guys to give you their lottery number. Right. So you try and cozy up with your older teammates and say, Hey, you know, who you, who are you living with this year? Cause you know, they're going to get the best, the best numbers. Um, yeah, we, we would kind of do the same thing in the housing lottery, but then like, so obviously the older kids get better numbers. So like, the older kids that were moving off campus would say they would live on campus and uh, then just move out like the next day, like after they got the housing. And then so like we oh. always kind of get each other's like some, the good dorm rooms for the guys that are on campus. See, that's nice. We we weren't able to do that. We had to we had to decide up front. So I'd spent three years on campus. Um, and then my last year I lived in a house with uh, two of my teammates and then one of the softball players. And um that was we had a great time both on campus and off campus but i'm jealous man we weren't able to abandon our our posts like you guys were and and leave it to some of the younger guys that's a nice perk yeah it was, it was frowned upon but what we got done yeah sometimes that's just what you have to do right yeah yeah so i mean for me just thinking about the d3 experience i think you hit on it pretty well but just a well-rounded experience we already talked a little bit about the different things that we were able to do outside of baseball because we were playing D3 baseball. Um, you know, you, you talked about working to make some extra money. I had a campus job too. I was, uh, I started off working in the dining hall, which was not as much fun as you might imagine, um, dishing out the food and cleaning dishes. But, um, again, just learning how to work and how to balance life. And then I moved my way into a much more cush job where I was, uh, a peer recruiter. So I worked for the baseball coach and helped uh, searching recruiting databases and 
hosting prospects on visits and, and doing various other things related to the baseball program, field work and whatnot, uh, to make a little extra spending money, which was awesome. Um, let's see, where what have we not covered? I, I think we've talked about it a little bit just in terms of the level of play for for D3 baseball, but why don't we dive into that a little bit more to try and give people a better understanding of the competition that's out there, you know, how good do you actually have to be to play Division Three baseball and, um, you know, what you can expect to see in terms of level of competition. So I think when you talked about yourself, it kind of was a good description of what a, a D3 player is like. You know, they're, they're solid all around, but they don't really do anything really well. And just kind of drawing back on my, like, to put something tangible on it, I would say the all-conference arms, like the all-conference pitchers, you know, are usually about 83 to 86 on average. There's, you know, some guys that pump it up um, in the upper 80s and low 90s, but usually 83 to 86 with multiple pitches for strikes. And so it's definitely, I'd say a, there's a craftiness in a lot of, you know, Division three pitchers just because they they've never really had the stuff to completely dominate. So that's yep. a learning curve to experience. And I just think it's, like I said, I think it's a lot to learn and, and you come in as a high school player and you think, oh, I'm I'm big time. Like, I, I could dominate these guys. Like, all my buddies were, you know, are pitching in the Pac-12 now. And then you kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit when you when you come with that attitude. And there's definitely a lot of really good players and a lot of, you know, committed athletes that improve a lot over their four years. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I remember, you know, when I, when I decided I was going to Carleton – I played football and and baseball in high school and I played basketball up until ninth grade. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'm going to go out for the basketball team or, you know, maybe I, I had these like delusional ideas. Our basketball squad was legit. Um, and we did have some guys actually who played, who played, um, on the basketball team and the baseball team. And, you know, they were able to do 360 dunks and stuff like that. Um, and so that... Like, like you, just like you. Yeah, just like me, right? I'm maybe on a five-foot hoop. Um, so, you know, that that gave me a reality check pretty quick. And then in, in terms of baseball, there are some really good players. We had guys who, you know, made it up pretty high in the minor leagues who we played against. We had a lot of guys who played independent ball. Um, draft picks just about every year, I think, if not every year, and um, some really good players. So I, I, to echo what you said, you know, every team probably had a guy that threw in the upper 80s or, or low 90s with a good secondary pitch, but uh, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said just more guys who were scrappy, guys who were crafty, guys who um, had to find different ways to get things done at different times, and um uh, you know, we to be honest, there were also some players on on my team and some of the lesser teams that we played that weren't very good, um, and you know they were at academic schools or they had different ways. And even on our team, there were guys that would have been cut from my high school team easily, you know, without question. And um, so I think that speaks a little bit to the variety that's out there and the the need to do your research on each program, you know, um, you can't really just say 
this is D3 baseball, right? Or yeah. this or this is D2 baseball or this is D1 baseball because it really does vary. You know, like I said, there's there's teams we played against that beat Division One teams every year. Um, and there's there's other teams that we played against that were laughable. And, and many would say the same thing about our team at, at different points in time. So, um, you know, it was nice to get a chance to travel around the country and, and play Division Three teams from different different regions and, and get a feel for what was out there. Um, did you guys do a lot of travel or did you stay pretty local? Uh, we would go to California once a year and then my senior year we went to Texas for like a little tournament. And then the conference, there's four teams in Washington, so it was always two trips a year up to Washington. So not a lot, but we, we did some. Yeah, you get a, get a little feel for it. We always went, you know, we would do a big spring break trip a lot of times to Florida but we also went to Texas one time, and then after I graduated, they started going to California. Um, so it's not the the travel that you get from a D one side because of because of the budgets, but um, you do get a chance to see different parts of the country, which is really cool. Um, how about summer ball? Did you play some summer ball? I did. Yes, I uh, I kind of viewed, and luckily my parents supported me in this, and. They told me I didn't need to work in the summers and that, you know, this may be my last four years of playing baseball, so might as well play as much baseball as possible. So I got really lucky in that regard, and I kind of viewed my summers as I knew I didn't want to go abroad because I didn't want a semester away from baseball. Mm-hmm. So I kind of viewed it as when else am I going to go to these places, you know, to, and I'll be meeting people from all over the country. So <clears throat> that's how I kind of viewed that, and I was, I was pretty lucky. I was able to play in... I was able to play in the Northwoods League for a couple of weeks, and that was obviously an unreal experience. And, you know, just different leagues around the country that, you know, not many Division three players get to play in just because I was so open to kind of going anywhere and just doing whatever just to play play some summer baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I got a chance to play in California for a couple summers, and then I got a chance to play in the ACBL out in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. Um one year and stay with the host family which was an absolute blast and a lot of the same opportunities that are available to players at different levels are also available to d3 players who seek them out so would definitely encourage people to do that if if they're in that situation um how about academics man what was what was your major what did you study and 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 how'd you feel about the the academic side of being a, a college baseball player um so i was an economics major it was always something that kind of just interests me from, you know, a young age. I'd take some economics classes in high school, and I really enjoyed them. And being a liberal arts school, obviously business majors aren't really there, but, you know, economics kind of fit fit that. And uh, so I really enjoyed it. It was definitely, definitely more theory-based economics than math-based, which I enjoyed. Um, and so, and I think the balance, I think you just kind of, you kind of get used to it. I think um, Coach Kozdurka, who is my current boss and another former podcast uh, podcaster, yep. he does a good job of really sitting down with the guys in exit meetings and you know having them plan out their schedule of when they wanna of when they're going to be doing their you know extra work at the field, when they're going to be doing their homework and that type of stuff. Because I think he says the best. Like it's pretty easy to just say, "Oh, I'll just I'll just get around to it when I get around to it," and then you end up not doing anything. And you know when 
I think the most successful way is you know, just to kind of plan out a schedule and write it down. Be like, all right, from this time, this time I'll be lifting weights. From this time, this time it's homework time. You know, here's my here's my hangout time, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I think, I think the academics, at least for an academically oriented school like Carleton, it was a big part of our daily life, man. I I mean, we were talking about several hours of reading and homework every night, you know, every day, rinse, repeat. Um, So, you know, if if there are players with serious academic interest out there, um, D3 is a a great option because it provides you the opportunity to really focus on that. Um, You know, for me, it was, I was a sociology and anthropology major um, and with what would essentially equate to a minor in education, concentration in education. And, you know, I didn't think that I was going to major in that going into it, but because of the liberal arts education and, you know, you didn't have to declare a major until the end of your sophomore year. And so it really allowed you to take a variety of classes and and they actually forced you to take classes in, in every area. And so, you know, I went in thinking, that I was going to be maybe a psychology major and then I thought maybe I was going to be an econ or a, or a political science major and then you know I took some classes in sociology and anthropology that I really liked and I decided that I was going to I much preferred being in classes that were enjoyable and um, and to complement that with the education stuff and so I stuck with that and, and I'm pretty happy with doing that and I think you know, you can do a lot of different things with a degree and it's just a matter of how you frame it and, and what your interests are. Um, so for me, a, a lot of my teammates are now doctors, they're higher ups in business. Um, there's a lot of teachers and, and researchers. So people are doing a lot of really interesting stuff. Have you have you found any trends in what your teammates are doing now professionally? Um, not really. There's a couple. You know, they're kind of all over the place. A couple guys are high school coaches and teachers. There's a couple guys, you know, in graduate school. Whether it be a, a room, my current roommate is a uh, is a sales is a sales manager at a Hertz Rent a Car. Uh, former roommates are you know getting their masters in chemistry and you know athletic training stuff or physical therapy stuff, law school. So I think it, I think the liberal arts education kind of plays in like a large field of, of what you can do post-grad. And I think you saying it like with getting the minors and the majors that you didn't really expect kind of sums it up really well in that, you know, a lot of people end up, you know, you have to take a gen ed requirement, maybe a sociology class. You don't even know what sociology is going into college. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then you end up enjoying it, and you know maybe you have that as a minor or even a major. And I think it opened your eyes to a lot of different things that maybe if you were at a not a liberal arts school, you would have never taken the class and would have never known you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's and that's the point of the liberal arts education, right? Is just to get to experience different things and really learn how to think critically um, and, and problem solve, which was the basis for a lot of our classes regardless of what topic it was in, you know, it might be a, a different topic, but, um, or a different area of study, but, you know, we're, we're working on problem solving, we're working on learning how to communicate and write. So a lot of the, the skills that 
you can use in any discipline. Um, you know, I, I think we're starting to repeat ourselves a little bit, so I don't want people to get too bored out there, but really just wanted to give people an idea of, of the D3 experience and, and shed a little more light on that and uh, compare it to some of the other levels of, of college baseball that people might be more familiar with. Why don't we finish with this, man? Why don't um, why don't you give us your sales pitch? You know, you're a D three coach. You're a a former D three player. Give us your best sales pitch to recruits out there listening. Why they should play D three baseball? Um, first of all, on the academic side, which I think is most important for a lot of those people that are kind of exploring these options. Like we had talked about, there are a lot of high academic schools, and you know the degree from these schools, a lot of victory schools, and Lewis Clark College means something, and it looks good on a piece of paper, as well as you kind of get to push yourself, and there's a lot of individual development that is that you find out kind of what type of person you are going through the Division three process, right? There's a lot of off time where you know it could be easy to kind of just hang out and do nothing, whereas you know those motivated players that end up having a lot of success find ways to get things done and so I think you should consider a D3 school because of the academics as well as the good quality of baseball and you just find a lot about find out a lot about yourself and you get to grow a lot as a person overall and, and take a lot of things from your experience and you know put them on the life later on because like, as we both know your life isn't going to go as smoothly as, as you plan and I think you know, going places where you're going to see some adversity. There's going to be some weather that's not perfect. There's going to be, you know, facilities that aren't great, but you just kind of got to find a way to get, I think, prepares you well for later on in life. Yeah, and for me, my my sales pitch is just, it's about balance. It's about problem solving. It's about becoming a well-rounded person. Um, you know, you're provided the opportunity to play college baseball, you're provided the opportunity to study what you want to study and pursue different passions. You know, there are players who play professional baseball. And, um, you know, even myself, I made some money playing baseball internationally after I graduated from a, from a D3 school. So there is that option if that's what you want to work towards. But at the end of the day, most people aren't going to make their career out of playing baseball and I think that the D3 experience really prepares you and uses your academic experience to help prepare you uh, for life and to be successful so that's what I would say Um, and and I think that everyone out there should consider it and it might not be a fit for you but um, just because there's no scholarships just because uh, you know it's it's not on TV and it doesn't have some of the fanfare that the other levels have doesn't mean that you shouldn't do your research and and consider all your options. So, um, again, we've tried to do something a little bit different here where we're blending our experience with some of the the factual side of D3 baseball, just to, just to let you guys know. Um, so, so let us know what you think of this podcast format. If you'd like us to do this with other levels, uh, other topics, um, send us some comments, shoot us an email, and let us know what you think. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please take the time to leave us a review, give us five stars. All that stuff really helps us reach more players. And ultimately what we're trying to do is provide all players out there with the opportunity to make educated decisions through the recruiting process and um, 
not let financial limitations or or anything like that limit their opportunity to play college baseball. So thanks again for listening. Eric uh, is is crushing it as an intern for us. He's doing a really great job. Um, You're too good to me. You're too good to me. Yeah. So you can find him on social media, uh, the EDP, and um, he'll continue to do good work for us. So feel free to reach out to either one of us with questions. We're always happy to help. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. As always, if you need more information on the recruiting process or how to play college baseball, you can find that for free on our website, www.keepplayingbaseball.org. We're also very active on social media. That's at KeepPlayingBB on Twitter, KeepPlayingBaseball on Facebook, and at Keep Playing Baseball on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review, or at least tell your friends. We provide all this information for free because we want to help you get to the next level. If you're interested in a partnership or sponsorship in underwriting some of the Keep Playing Baseball content on our website, or being the title sponsor or running ads on our podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we look forward to catching you on the next one.